Once again, I greet you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ uh, this morning. I want to thank Pastor Brian uh, for giving me this opportunity to stand here and preach God's way. The same thing goes to uh, Pastor Dallas. Uh, every time I come here, you have given me this opportunity to stand and open God's way. Again, I thank the President of Finnish Line Ministry International uh, for bringing me to the United States of America. It's very cold. Where I come from, it's hot. So it's between 80 to 100 degrees Celsius. So coming here, sometimes it's difficult because it's very cold. So, but anyway, God is good. Let's open our Bibles uh, this morning um, in the book of um, Acts chapter 27 from verse 13. In Malawi, before you start preaching, you have to make sure that uh, people are listening. They are not sleeping. They are not dozing in the church. So I have to make sure that nobody is sleeping today. So we want to do something this morning. Are you ready? I can't hear you. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. When I say up, up, Jesus, we are going to lift up our hands and we are going to say up, up, Jesus. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, let's try. Up, up. No, you wait for me. You wait for me. <laughs> when I say up, up, Jesus, it's when you say up, up, Jesus. Okay, are you ready? Up, up, Jesus! Up, up, Jesus! Some of you are not doing it. So we are going to do it again until everybody does it in this church today. Up, up, Jesus! Up, up, Jesus! Down, down, Satan! Down, down, Satan! Praise God, praise God. Acts chapter 27 from verse 13. I'm going to read Acts chapter 27 from verse 13. When the south wind blew softly, supposing they had obtained their desire, putting out to the sea, they sailed close by Crete. But not long after, a tempestuous headwind arose called Eurocrydon. So when the ship was caught, and could not head into the wind, we let her dry. And running under the shelter of an island called Croda, when secured, we secured the skiff with difficulty. When they had taken it on the board, they used cables to undergrid the ship. And feeling lest should run aground on the city sun, they struck sail, and so we were driven. And because we were exceedingly tempest tossed, the next day they lightened the ship. On the third day, we threw the ship tackle overboard with our own hands. Now when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, no small tempest beat on us. All hope that we should be saved was finally given up. And on verse 21, But after long abstinence from food, then Paul stood in the midst of them and said, Men, you should have listened to me and not have sailed from creed and incurred this disaster and loss. Now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the sheep. For there stood by me this night an angel of God, to whom I belong and to whom I save, saying, Do not be afraid. Paul, you must be brought before Caesar. And indeed, God has granted you all those who sail with you. Therefore, Take heart, men, for I believe 
God. My message this morning is about the storm is coming. What are you going to do? I know I'm speaking to the right people this morning who have heard about storms. But I want to remind you, but storms are very dangerous. When storms come in a community, they can destroy the whole community. When storms come in a nation, they can bring disaster in that nation. You remember well, even here in the United States of America, in Texas, in Florida, we had storms that had destroyed people's lives. May they so rest in peace. It had destroyed people's property, their businesses. And I remember a couple of years ago, even in my own country, Malawi, we had a big storm which had destroyed people's field. It had destroyed people's homes. It had destroyed people's lives. Storms are very dangerous. But the storms that I'm talking today are storms of lives. The storms that we meet in our lives every day. The storms that we meet in our families every day. The storms that we meet in our churches every day. I want to tell you that there are a lot of churches which have been destroyed because of these storms. A lot of relationships right now have been destroyed because of storms. People are walking away from churches because of storms. There are a lot of storms that we are meeting in our lives every day. Storms of poverty, storms of sicknesses, storms of disagreements, storms of people walking away from churches. Storms are dangerous. So we have read a story from the Bible in the book of Acts chapter 27 from verse 13. Paul was in a ship going to Rome to face trial and eventually to be killed. Remember that Paul was arrested in Jerusalem, not as a murderer or a thief, but because of preaching the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Church, I want to tell you that when we preach the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, we should be willing to suffer for our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, there are a lot of people today who have received Jesus Christ as their personal savior. A lot of people, they say, I know Jesus Christ as my personal savior. But many people today, they are not willing to suffer for the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to remind you this morning. I want to encourage you this morning. As you preach the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Whether it's here in America. Whether it's in Africa. You should be willing to suffer for the Lord Jesus Christ. I remember my father, was when he was starting this church in 1986. He had left his job. And people were coming to us. They were laughing at us. Why are you leaving your job? Why are you leaving your job? Look, your children, they are suffering. Look at your children. Some of them, they have been kicked out of school. But you know, my father was willing to suffer for the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why today we have 300 churches in Malawi, Mozambique, and Zimbabwe. Because someone was willing to suffer for the Lord Jesus Christ. Church, I want to encourage you, as you preach the word of God, as you preach the gospel, you should not be afraid to die for Jesus Christ. You should be willing to suffer for Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that Paul was in a ship going to Rome to face trial and eventually to face persecution. And the Bible says, while in the ship, there was a big storm. 
The Bible calls that a tempestuous storm. They call the name of that storm Eurocrydon. And the Bible says it was a challenging storm. That people had lost hope that they are going to survive. And the Bible says, when you read from verse 21, the Bible says that people had stopped eating. People had lost hope. On verse 20, the Bible says, Now, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and no small tempest beat on us, all hope that we should be saved was finally given up. You know, people were in this ship. Paul was in this ship. People had lost hope that they are going to survive. People had lost hope that they are going to make it. And we hear on verse 21, the Bible says, but after long abstinence from food, then Paul stood up in the midst of them. Remember that Paul was a prisoner. He was nobody in the ship. He had no authority. He had no responsibility in the ship. He was a prisoner. He could have stayed in the, in the ship and say, if I die, I die. I don't care. But Paul stood up in the midst of them and listened to what Paul said. He said, Paul stood in the midst of them and said, man, you should have listened to me. You know, Paul had warned these people. On verse 11, the, on chapter 27, from verse 11, the Bible said, Nevertheless, the centurion were more persuaded by the headsmen and the owner of the ship. Paul had warned these people that we should not continue with this journey. But these people did not listen. Church, I want to, I want to warn you. There is a danger when you don't listen to the word of God. There is a danger when you don't listen to the men of God. Paul had warned these people that we should not continue with the journey, but people did not listen. You know, there are some people who listen to you when something bad happens to them. Church, there is a danger of not listening to the word of God. Paul had warned these people. But Paul is standing up as a prisoner and said on verse 22, and now I urge you to take heart. Remember, he is a prisoner. He is nobody. He could have stayed there and say, I die, I don't care. But Paul stood up in the midst of them and said, Man, take heart. A prisoner is becoming a captain. You know, church, I want to encourage you this morning. When storms comes in your lives, when storm comes in your family, when storms comes in this church, rise above circumstances. You need to rise above situations. You know, Paul was a prisoner, but he stood up in the midst of them. He rose above circumstances. He rise above situations. You know, sometimes we can get up in the situation. We can get caught up in the storm. When problem comes in our life, we can be controlled by the situation. But I want to tell you today, don't be controlled by the situation. You need to control the situation. You need to control the circumstances. Paul rose above circumstances. When problems comes in your life, when problem comes in your church, they are going to come. When problem comes in your family, I want to tell you, they will come. When problem comes in your relationship, 
I want to tell you, they will come. But I want to tell you something. Rise above circumstances. Don't be controlled. Don't let situations control you. You must control the situation. I like what Warren Wisby said in his book. He said, crisis does not make a person, but it shows what a person is made of. I like what James Atkins of Full Gospel Church said in his message. He said, storms, problems does not make you a good Christian. It shows what type of Christians you are. Church, I want to tell you, when storms come in this church, they will reveal what type of church we have. They are going to reveal. When problem comes in your life, they will reveal what type of a person you are made of. But I want to tell you, rise above circumstances. Rise above situation. And some of you may ask me, how am I going to rise above circumstances? The Bible says, on verse 22, read with me. The Bible says that he said, uh, but I, after long abstinence from food, uh, from food, then Paul stood in the midst of him. And then Paul said, man, you should have listened to me and not have sailed from Crete and cut this disaster and loss. Now I urge you, take heart. Paul was a prisoner. He's becoming a captain. He's taking charge. He is taking Charge. Church, I want to tell you, when problems come in your life, be a captain. Become a captain in your storm. I don't know what, what type of storms you are going through right now. I don't know what type of storms you are going through in your family, whether it's in this church. But Paul stood up and he took charge. He became a captain. You can become a captain in your storm. You can become a captain in your sickness. He took charge. He took charge. Don't allow problems to take control of your life. And on the same verse, the Bible says, And now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss among you. Remember what I say that Paul was a prisoner. But he stood up. He started encouraging others. You know, when storms come, the best thing we can do is to encourage each other. You know, sometimes when problem comes, we want to complain. We are always complaining. Sometimes maybe we, we complain. Ah, I don't like this church. I don't like the way the pastor preaches. He makes me sleepy. Men, stop whining. We need to encourage each other when storms arise. When problems come in our life, we need to take charge and start encouraging each other. He said, no one will lose his life today. He encouraged people. And the Bible says on the same verse, when you read it carefully, and now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only the ship. Remember what I'm saying? That Paul was a prisoner. He was a prisoner. He was nobody. But Paul, he stood up in the midst of them. Do you know what Paul was doing? He was not following his heart. He was leading his heart. 
When problem comes, don't follow your heart. Lead your heart. You know, following your heart is listening to your emotions. But leading your heart is listening from above. Listening from God. Listening from the Holy Spirit. Many times when problems come, we listen to what our hearts are saying. We want to follow our hearts. Paul was a prisoner. He could have stayed there. He could have listened to his heart. But he saw the danger. He saw the challenge. He stood up. He laid his heart. Church, when problems come, remember, rise above. How do we rise above? Take charge. Encourage each other. Lead your heart. Don't follow your heart. And I like it on verse, uh, when you lead on verse uh, 31, the Bible says on verse, um, on the same verse, on verse 34, on verse 34, therefore I urge you to take nourishment, for this is for your survival, since not hair will fall from the head of any of you. You know, Paul, when he, he took charge, when he encouraged the people, he said, men, take some food. But he did not just say, take some food. He took the bread. He did not just take the bread. He broke the bread. He did not just break the bread. He gave thanks. He did not just give thanks, but he ate in the presence of them all. He was leading by example. You know, storms comes, when problems comes. The best way to do it is be an example. You need to lead by example. I say that when you're leading people, don't tell them to do what you want them to do, but do what you want them to do. I remember when I was a child, my mother, when she, she's cooking, when she was cooking food, we like to put salt. In the, in the food. So she would take some, um, uh, some, some salt to put in the food. And then after that, she would take a spoon and uh, take some food and put uh, in the mouth. I said, why are you doing that? I say, I'm, she said to me, I am testing. I said, oh, so you're testing the food if it's good. All right. Then she goes out. And then she, take, maybe, uh, she goes out of the house. And then I take a big spoon and put inside of my mouth. And then she comes, she finds me with a spoon in my hand. I say, and my mother said, What are you doing? I said, I'm testing the food. No, you are stealing. No, I said, You said you are testing, so I am also testing. People will do what you do. The best way to lead people is to be an example. When storms come, men lead by an example. And on verse 31, let's move quickly. Our time is moving fast. On verse 31, the Bible says, um, the Bible says on verse 31, Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. You know, when the storm came, the people wanted to kill the prisoners. They wanted to abandon the ship. They wanted to run away. But Paul said, unless you stay, no one will be saved. They wanted to run away from problems. 
You know, sometimes when storms come, we want to run away. I have seen a lot of people. I have seen families being broken down because someone wants to run away from a problem. But church, I want to tell you, running away from a problem is not a solution. But it's a way of creating more problems in your life. Don't run away. Stay. I don't know the problems you're going through in your life. Whether it's in the church. Whether it's in your family. But I want to tell you, don't run away. Running away is not a solution. But it's a way of creating more problems in your life. When I'm teaching at our pastor's Bible Institute, I always teach these students. I tell them, when you go and start a church, and there are some people who come to you and say, we want to join your church. We were at this church, but I don't like that church. The pastor preaches in jeans on the pulpit. I don't like it. He makes me sleepy. I tell this pastor, you should tell that person that welcome to our church, but we have more problems than the church that you're coming from. If you were sleeping in that church, you are going to be in a coma in our church. Because running away from a problem is not a solution. It is a way of creating problems. Church, I want to tell you, there are times like those. When you say, I am done. I am finished. I don't want to do this thing again. But I want to encourage you, don't run away. Stay. Because in every struggle, there is victory. And our victory is found in Jesus' name. Many times, I, I travel in the remote village of Malawi. Maybe two, three, four hours. And I sleep on the floor because maybe people do not have a bed. I eat the food which they eat. Maybe the food which I have not eaten in my life. Sometimes I say, oh God, this is too much. Look how I have troubled. But God always encouraged me, don't run away. Stay. Remember the children of Israel. It could have taken three days to go to Canaan. But God made them to, to go around the mountain. The mountain becomes like a challenge. But the victory was through that mountain. I don't know your storm. But church, I want to tell you. In every challenge that you're going through. In every storm that you're going through. There is a victory. And our victory. It's in Jesus Christ. Our victory. It's in Jesus Christ. Don't run away. Maybe you may be here today and say, I was about to run away. Maybe running away from this church. Maybe running away from your family. Maybe running away from your friends. But Paul said, unless you stay, no one will be saved. No one has ever succeeded without a challenge in life. In every challenge, there is a victory. And our victory is in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And the Bible says, on verse 25, I like it what the Bible says, why do we need to stay when storms come? Paul said, do not be afraid, on verse 24, 
You must be brought before Caesar. And indeed, God has granted you all those who say of you. Therefore, take heart, men, for I believe God. You see what Paul is saying? What a great statement for a Christian to say. When you're going a storm, when you're going a problem, Paul saying, there is one thing that I know. Of course, we are in a big storm. Of course, we are in a big challenge. But there is one thing I know. I believe God. Trust God. Trust God, man. Don't trust me. I am cute. I am cute. And I look spiffy. Look at me. I look very spiffy. But don't trust me. Don't trust the pastor of this church. Don't trust Pastor Brian. Don't trust Pastor Dallas. He can disappoint you. Don't trust this church. But there is one you can trust. There is one who cannot disappoint you. There is one you can believe. His name is Jesus Christ. Paul said, I believe God. What is your storm? Trust God. Believe God in your storm. Why do we need to believe God? Paul said, you must, on verse 24, do not, believe, do not be afraid. You must be brought before Caesar. And indeed, God has granted all those who sells with you. On verse 23, for there stood by me this night an angel of God. Paul said, believe God. Why? Because that's what the word of God says. For there stood me an angel of God who stood by me last night. That's what the word of God says. When storms come, remember the word of God. Remember what the word of God says. Are you going through discouragement? Remember Psalms 23. For the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. What storm are you going through right now? Are you uncertain about your future? Jeremiah 29 from verse 11. For I know the thoughts and the plans I have towards you. The thoughts to give you peace and to give you future. What storm are you going through? Are you going through spiritual warfare? First Samuel chapter 17 from verse 47. The war does not belong to me. It belongs to God. What is your storm? Nahum chapter 1 from verse 7. The Lord is good and he cares for those who trust him. Trust God. I would like to ask Pastor Brian to come forward to close our service today. But remember, trust God. May God bless you. Wasn't that great? Hey, praise God for you, honey. That was great. And I was thinking three things. Number one, how many people complain to him about my jeans and that they fall asleep during the message? That seemed to be a repeated theme, huh? I was also concerned uh, 
when I saw the program Bicycles for Pastors. Did you see that on there? Because there's a few days left of Pastor Appreciation Month, and that, that's not a good gift to get me, uh, if you're thinking of it. Yeah. I also got thinking, um, these guys know what their mission is, don't they? You get, you get that sense? They know why they exist, they know what they're there for, and they're doing it. That's what missions is all about. Uh, obviously, the word mission, I have a purpose. I'm all about that purpose, and I'm focused. And, and when I think about um, our following, and our following God, you know when we say we follow today, um, we think about Facebook. I'm following someone on Facebook. I'm following someone on Instagram. Uh, following someone on Twitter. And I have 1,500 Facebook friends that I'm following. Really? You know, it, it means I'm interested. But it doesn't really mean I'm focused and I'm following. Uh, sometimes our following isn't very focused at all. Like I, I heard about a man who's talking about his wife and... Um, he said she, she went on the internet to look up symptoms of ADD on WebMD, and she got on Pinterest, and now she's making wreaths while folding laundry. You know, one of those, uh, how distracted we can be and off mission we can be. Um, but God wants us to be focused. He wants to be locked into a mission. He wants us to know why we exist. And this whole mission for finish line, it's the same mission that we have here at East Bay Calvary. It's more and better disciples. They're just doing the same mission in a different location. And we're all about that here. I don't know if you wrote down anything on the back of your study guide. I just want to give you three sayings. And then we're going to pray for these guys and finish up our service together. I want to give you three sayings. As, as I heard what... what um, Finish line is doing, going from seven people to 300 churches. I got, I got thinking of this. I was thinking of um, Jesus' invitation to the disciples and every believer. When he went to them, he said this. Repeat it with me, would you? He said, follow me and I will make you, he, he told him right off the bat, follow me. And so here's three things I'm gonna give you just to write down and think about this week. The, the follower is not the leader. Think about it. Follower is not the leader. The follower doesn't set the mission. Follower doesn't say where we're going. And our leader, Jesus Christ, has given us a mission. He is our leader. Here's number two. A purpose of why we follow Jesus is to make others followers of Jesus. Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. I mean, that's the purpose of why we follow Jesus, is to make others followers of Jesus. That's our mission of more and better disciples. That's why we exist as a ministry And so the leader has given us this mission, and our mission is to do the very same thing that he was doing in making other people fishers of men. And then here's number three I wanted to give you, and this is like a 30-minute message in three minutes or less. 
everything we do is missions. Everything. Now, when I was growing up, the big thing in the church was, how much of your budget goes to missions? I don't know if you've ever heard that. How much of your budget goes to missions? I'm here to tell you, 100% of our budget goes to missions. 100% of our budget is about more and better disciples. I, I told this one time to someone, they said, yeah, no, but a part of your budget goes to utilities. Well, guess what? When you support a missionary, a part of that money goes to their utilities. Did you realize that, I told him? He says, well, a part of your budget goes to staff salary. I said, when we give to a missionary, we're giving to their salary. I said, everything we do is about missions. Everything, everything we support is about the mission of God to make more and better disciples both here and wherever it be, even in Africa with Finish Line. And I'm so happy to see that the money that we invest over there is making a big difference. Aren't you glad to see that? And praise God for you guys, man. Hey, why don't you both come up? Um, we're going to pray together, and I think we should pray over these guys and just pray for God's blessing in their lives. And would you stand with me? Boy, this thing's heavy. You stand with me. We need, to, we need to pray for these guys and pray for God's blessing. Let me get in the middle of you. And um, let's do that. Father, thank you so much for leading us in the greatest mission and purpose of all time. It was the purpose that drove you to send Jesus Christ to make more and better disciples. And God, whether it be right here in Traverse City, whether it be on the other side of this big round ball that we're on in Africa, God, help, help this partnership with Finish Line to make a huge difference for your kingdom. God, your blessing on Yohani, his family, his father, the churches there that continue to work, the pastors that are learning and developing and growing and digging into your word and developing relationships and helping people through the storms of life, God, bless them. And of all of the impact that they've already had, may that just be the tip of the iceberg of what you are going to do. God, for your work with Sean and, and his emphasis here locally and partnering over there, and I, I just pray that all of this collectively will just really magnify the name of Jesus. And may one day, when we all get to heaven, find a little corner up there and get together and celebrate for what you did in the mission you gave us. God, your blessing on these, blessing on Finish Line, your blessing on East Bay Calvary, for your name's sake, and all of East Bay said, Thanks, guys. Blessing for you. Yeah. Hey, brother. Yeah.